Blog Talk Radio. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, two out-of-the-broom-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC radio network. During each episode, Elvira and Deb will help you create rituals, cast spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Deb, take it away. (laughs) Well, welcome, Deb. Nice to get back in, in touch with our show and each other this way and hello to everyone out there we are the witch the priestess and the cauldron and in keeping this month with our theme of shadow uh, shadow work shadow the shadow we will be talking uh, after our little chit chat we'll be talking about the dark underworld goddess and the energy and the information about how to work with her what she is like and all but um, for the moment, I'm going to take just a few minutes to kind of catch everybody up on where and what I've been doing. Um, obviously, um, we have uh, survived um, Mercury. I mean, not Mercury, sorry. That tells you where I'm at. Uh, we've survived <laughs> where Pluto's gone direct. We've gone through the uh, solar eclipse. We're preparing for the lunar eclipse, mm-hmm. I get, believe, this weekend. Uh, my mm-hmm. world has been um, intense. I've had some, you know, personal things that have happened in family in California and, and some family here. Um, nothing really, really, you know, that is you know, something I would talk about at this point because things are still kind of mm-hmm. fluctuating. But uh, generally, I've had a lot of uh, emotional uh experiences with myself, my clients, my family. It's, you know, it's really stirred up. I was saying before we got on the show that uh, it kind of seems that the dark underworld goddess energy was kind of uh, percolating and kind of flew up (laughs) into a mini situation the other day for me. And I was, wow, and, you know, stepping back Mm -hmm. a little bit, I could actually, you know, see it it was it was not that i am going to say i was exquisitely easy to move from one place to the observer and move beyond that but it did function Mm -hmm. as a real world kind of like oh aha kind of a thing so other than that my car my new used car is doing nicely and i've been you know tricking her out with of course, stones in the in the you know glove box and a fancy you know here they only have one license plate on the back that you have oh. and of course it's a personalized which is kind of interesting because I'm accustomed to having to have two 
So my front has felt mm-hmm. naked, and I actually got one that is really neat. It's a phoenix with, you know, a stance of its wings, but it's holding an arrow in its mouth. And since I'm Sagittarius, obviously oh. the arrow is kind of like, ah. So that's part of my um, tricking her out with some nice stuff. And, of course, I'm upgrading a little my other car because I don't want her to feel left out. So she's getting a nice steering wheel cover and, you know, some other goodies. So, um that's been my my week and what about you deb oh um this week has been um it's been okay i mean it's been a little intense i've um last week i was kind of wiped out you know it's just like uh shiva talks in the beginning about you know the two out of the broom closet witches and I kind of felt like I just went back into the closet last week <laughs> because I was so wiped out from traveling and stuff, but still happy to be here. But anyway, mm-hmm. my week this week has been um, a little better. I've been, um, you know, doing the usual readings and other magical workings, making uh, candles and oils and um, kind of really mostly playing catch up this week like still trying to catch up from um with my clients and orders and stuff like that from before um mm-hmm. but then i had to do um a little bit of um just um taking care uh with my dog loki i had to take her to the vet because she she's eight although she seems still very much like a puppy <laughs> um mm-hmm. but she, i noticed that her back legs were getting like kind of um stiff and that when she would um, sit down and, and get up from sitting, it looked like she was having a little trouble on one of her back legs. Um, so um, we took her to the vet and um, got her um, medicines, um, some kind of doggy ibuprofen for her. And then, um, you know, we also took her to the groomer, <laughs> which was oh, there you wonderful <laughs> because we were up in the woods for like a couple of weeks <laughs> running around, Mm -hmm. um, jumping in the mud, you know, swimming in the water and rolling around in who knows what. (laughs) But um, now she's all bright and shiny and looking good and smelling good. And, um, yeah. And so, um, so that this week, uh, what I have coming up in Milwaukee here is the witch's ball, which is, um, Compared to other years, it's kind of uh, limping along here. <laughs> it's going to be mm-hmm. this Saturday. Um, but one of our main coordinators is in the hospital. And so I'm um, saying some prayers for her and hope she's feeling better soon. Um, but things um, things have been, like, kind of weirdly intense. Um, you know, I... Um, just like, you know, the things with the witch's ball and stuff like that, I know that there's going to be a few snags. Um, but I guess kind of knowing that ahead of time makes me, like, more okay with it because <laughs> I just kind of see mm-hmm. it coming. Um, so that's okay. I mean, it's some years are better than other years, and um, we're still going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, Sounds like And it. I'm kind of looking forward to doing an old-time seance this weekend um, with my sister, I hope. And um, kind of celebrating, you know, All Hallows. And uh, 
thing I was thinking about that will kind of segue into our future topics is also this week, every year I try to start like a nine-day ancestor elevation ritual. And I was going to be starting that this Friday and then doing it um, daily until, uh, so that I'll kind of go to the next weekend. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like to do that as my annual um, my annual thing there. So, so that's what I've been up to. <laughs> okay, wow. Well, that's yeah. a lot. And I know, you know, the I've done a witch's ball um, when I was in California. One of the wineries mm-hmm. had, was basically a castle. Oh. And they had gotten the actual stones from, you know, Scotland and, and Ireland, you know, the areas around oh. there. And really built the castle. And oh, they would have a witch's ball. So it was it was really interesting. So I, you know, I'm listening and I'm going, oh, because, of course, they're not going to do that here. <laughs> you know, I mean, they do, <laughs> but not the same way that, you know, we, uh, mm-hmm. you or I would experience it in the places we're talking about. But, but <laughs> as, you know, we're looking at the dark goddess and, you know, what she is and what she is mm-hmm. kind of uh, who she is, it's, interesting to understand that she you know the dark alongside the light so the dark goddess of mm-hmm. course is the the you know the dark feminine energy and the mm-hmm. light of course is the <laughs> the light and that scene in both the maiden and the mother and of mm-hmm. course we we have the crone as the dark goddess aspect and we look at it with the idea that it winds up with the mysterious and the magical. It's chaotic, it's violent, it's destructive, but transformational Mm -hmm. energy. And because Mm -hmm. of that, we, you know, the path is never straight. Um, It is a crooked path that one travels and you deal with Mm -hmm. um, different qualities of challenges and you, you know, find things that are, well, destroyed or need to be, destroyed mm-hmm. i.e. let go on you know in that mm-hmm. form and then you wind up mm-hmm. creating something new out of that and coming back and finding how to accept this accept your own mm-hmm. changes and utilize it you know going forward in the world and obviously there are many goddesses that would fall in this category, and I'm sure that we will, you know, we'll add a lot to them um, because we are talking about a couple. Um, but you have, um, among others, you have Oya, you have Hell, you have Kali, you have Baba Yaga, you know, Hakate, Sekhmet. Um, there's just a small little smattering of them. Um, the Morrigan, Arishkagel, you know. So those are ones that uh, knowing their myths and working with them for certain things and how to move forward, it is a very big mm-hmm. challenge. And it also means that, you know, when you look at it, it's their myths are living on the fringe, basically usually alone or with some animals. Mm-hmm. Um, they are um, either dealing with the dead or dying and there, it's interesting now. It's the guardians mm-hmm. of the threshold and the, you know, doorway and the crossing path and um, between the worlds, things of that nature describe mm-hmm. what their energies are and how, 
you know, they, they fit into the, the, uh, the situation of, and when I say fit, there is the triad, as I sort of mentioned at the beginning, but the, mm-hmm. the aspect of challenge changes um, when things are falling apart because it's time for them to fall apart. It is mm-hmm. this energy, the dark goddess energy, the underworld goddess energy that comes forward mm-hmm. And um, you work with that in, you know, different manners and experiencing the, the uh, process. Now, she can also come, and I know there are many stories and myths about the previous goddesses that I mentioned. They can become mm-hmm. temptresses. They can become sorceresses. They are, you know, mm-hmm. the devourer. So they take <laughs> different facets that they utilize to create that which is necessary to literally destroy and rebuild what is is mm-hmm. the, the circumstances, whether it's personal in your life and what you're doing, or it's the myth that they are showing, you know, as a tool to, to mm-hmm. move forward. And, you know, we all know that each of these goddesses have different, you know, tools, their torches and keys and herbs and, mm-hmm. you know, fruits and all kinds of different things that are part of it. But um, I think why we would want to work with them would be, you know, to deepen mm-hmm. our spiritual practical uh, practice, opening, uh, you know, ourselves to a larger mm-hmm. spectrum. We may have a need in our lives that suddenly becomes evident that we need to do mm-hmm. um, some shadow work. Mm-hmm. And this is where I said we would be connecting with that. So mm-hmm. more of that nature and utilizing um, that self-acceptance and self-care and self-compassion, but it's that's the mm-hmm. end product of letting go and then rebuilding with those things. So I think it's, she's a goddess of transformation and transitions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we hit a transition in our lives, be it a job, be it, you know, a health issue, be it, moving, whatever, that is mm-hmm. the, the, the dark goddess is part of that doing and transforming our, our process. And I think that ultimately, um, since both of us have Hakate as one of our mainstays, um, <laughs> we both mm-hmm. deal with that, you know, both for mm-hmm. clients and family and friends and ourselves. So mm-hmm. I find that Looking at this in the manner that I have been, it's fascinating to realize just as, you know, for instance, the, the one of the goddesses has, you know, Sekhmet is all about, you know, there's rage and war and there's all these things and, and mm-hmm. you know, where you need that, where you need that energy in your mm-hmm. life to change, to um, accept the things that you have, but also to make something into a new part of yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how I see this goddess in, in a very generic kind of like big way. Mm-hmm. How do you see her? How do you, how do you feel about her? I, um, well, that's interesting that you brought up Sekhmet. I, I guess numero, numerologically, oh man, Talk about tripping up your words <laughs> that I align yeah. with her, but I've and I've um, 
studied her a little bit, but I haven't um, dipped my toe into that um, so much, just um, just because I got pulled away into other things. But um, you know, I find that she's very interesting in that she is about war, and mm-hmm. um, but she's also about healing, which is kind of a neat, mm-hmm. um, you know, opposite there. Um, but for um, I guess, you know, I, interesting is just being in the community and being like in the metaphysical shops or at the festivals and stuff like that. Um, shadow work is very popular. Um, it's a very popular thing. Some people um, are starting to dive into it. And some people seem like they're curious about it and just wanting to know more um, information about it. Um, and then, and so I know a lot of, um, a lot of other people, a lot of women that are um, looking into and connecting with um, some of the the dark goddesses. And um, what I was thinking about is that um, I've heard that that the term dark goddess is kind of a more modern term and that that the deities today who are considered dark uh, were most likely not considered that by our ancestors. so like in the past with the goddesses of war, um, that those were the kind of deities you would want on your side if your village was under attack. Um, mm-hmm. And what I found is that dark does not equal evil. Um, when we refer to, to dark goddesses, this indicates that um, that that deity rules over, um, probably rules over some of the things that frighten us, like um violence or change or death in war um and um i think these goddesses are usually not the cause of these things but rather they're like agents of change um and um what i like is that and i'd like to do some more exploring because i did start kind of looking into a couple other deities that i don't usually work with um to prepare for this show and um, I think it's interesting that the deities um, that are considered dark um, often had to go kind of like through their own hero's journey um, mm-hmm. because in their story you can see that they were like marginalized or not accepted, um, even beaten down, kind of like mm-hmm. our shadows, <laughs> and, um, yeah. and that they faced a lot of challenges and transformed um, and um, I see that some of them are are some of the most powerful and influential deities. Um, and um, something else I, you know, I always think of deity. You know, I think of um, as there being like uh, kind of like a universal godhead or goddess head. And then I see like all the different uh, deities as aspects of that source. And so, you know, I think that, I believe the dark goddess is a manifestation of divinity and that she's um, a part of us. And so she's also kind of like a, the powerful aspect of our shadow. And um, from what I've seen, it seems like the best way to encounter the dark goddess is by um, working on yourself, um, you know, going into the shadow and just, you know, going deeply within and um, and going through the whole you know, transformation process um, is really what I think a lot of that's about. Um, 
because I think that the dark deities will help you um, through the process of change. Um, and kind of like what you were talking about with the whole destruction. And um, lots of times I think we don't like to think about destruction, but it's necessary. Um, and change is sometimes called like the little death. Mm-hmm. So that like the deeper meaning of change is destruction. And then, you know, you need to have that in order to renew and like recreate. Um, mm-hmm. um, the process of change, I think, requires um, kind of like that a part, a small part of us dies um, <laughs> or is um, destroyed in some way so that we can um, accomplish change. And, um, so I think that the whole inner process of going through any kind of transformation in your life is very dynamic, and that um, and that that whole principle of destruction and then renewal really really applies. Um, and I think it's um, it helps when when we choose to destroy or let go of those things that are no longer working for us. Um, as a way, you know, to make room for the new. Um, I know that sometimes we might have changes kind of thrust upon us and maybe external factors are causing us to um, spiral or trigger into, you know, the process of transformation. Um, Or maybe it's a little bit of both. (laughs) Lots of times we might have, you know, the internal thing going on where it's like we are, really wanting to change, you know, whatever we're doing or however we are, it's, it's not working for us anymore. And, and mm-hmm. so then we're making a choice to, to move on and to find the ways to transform. Um, right. And so I think that if we're open to it, um, the dark goddesses um, can teach us to understand, understand them and and to understand their story and then in that way connect to them and then they can also challenge us to kind of move past our own fears um and so um i i believe that they will give us the strength to face difficult aspects and Mm -hmm. also you know guide us through transformation um so, you know, I was thinking about, like, um, you know, we've got a few more minutes here. Um, about three but, or four you know, we hit. Okay. Um, do I have, can I say something about, like, what um, the underworld is? You know, it's like, so yeah. we're talking about the dark underworld goddess. Um, and so, um, so kind of like the hero's journey that's described by uh, Joseph Campbell, um, where the hero travels, you know, to the underworld and faces fears and challenges and stuff like that, which creates change. Um, I think that that's what happens with us when we um, we descend to the underworld, um, and that's where the challenges are. And then we end up gaining wisdom by by meeting those challenges. And so, um, I the underworld. I think can take on many forms and it's going to be different for each of us. And so I think it's a place outside of our comfort zone um, and we can experience it in several ways. 
I'll just say quick that I think, you know, um, the most basic one is the underworld uh, of traditional mythology is the land of the dead. Um, there's also other beings that reside there, depending, you know, on where you go in the underworld. Um, shamans see it as um, different levels of reality. Um, other magicians who work in the void might see the underworld um, down in the further reaches of the abyss. Um, and some people uh, see a psychological way where um, the underworld um, is our shadow. Um, and they might see the descent as the ego consciousness contacting the subconscious. Um, but then um, in other ways, we might go to the underworld in our dreams or our nightmares. Um, we might go there by meditation or by journeying. And we might even face the underworld right here in the physical realm. And so um, I think that what happens is it's very individual and that we'll experience the underworld in many potentially different ways. Um, and so we each have our own journey, you know, from, you know, descending down into the darkness so that we can get into the light. And, um, you know, for some of us, it might look, you know, like you're the, the home you grew up in or, you know, the first place that you experienced your first love. You know, you just don't know. But it, it's a little bit different for everyone. And the way people interpret it is a little bit different for everyone. And so I just wanted to put that in there because, you know, I was um, just thinking about, like, um, definitions or defining um, what these things are that we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. I think that people do see the underworld in different ways, depending on your background and your practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just like some people see the goddesses as an archetype, and some people see the goddesses as actual beings. And so, you know, it seems like all different ways work. And so, that's the important part. <laughs> well, good. Well, I really appreciate, you know, that you, you know, brought that up because it's a definition, it's a place, it's, you know, we've been, you know, mm -hmm. I described this, you, the underworld needs to be described and obviously we're yeah. going to, you know, go farther in after our break, mm -hmm. which we're going to take in about a few minutes, a few, probably one minute or give or take, but mm -hmm. um, I really <laughs> think that it was um, very enlightening, and I appreciate that. And <laughs> I was like going, yes, I, that's what she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause are we getting good at this break thing or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, hurry uh, up and talk, Debbie. <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to go off to our, uh, our break now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned, as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, 
on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Rook Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield, in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay, in syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh boy. Oh, we're back. <laughs> that always jazzes me up, even if I'm halfway, you know, <laughs> like I'm sitting here kind of going, yes, yes, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam. So obviously our second yeah. half is kind of a, a further looking into the subject. I'm going to turn it back mm-hmm. to you because I think um, there's some things that you can follow up from what you were talking about, but I also know we're going to kind mm-hmm. of dabble a little bit with some goddesses. So take it away, Deb. Yeah, I, um, well, I guess I, I'll start out with um, just, you know, for an example, I didn't do any really deep, deep dive. You know, I just got the basic story on um, on Inanna and, or Ishtar and Ereshkigal. And, um, you know, I found out a couple things that I did not know, which I found very interesting. Um, so I'm just going to start from um, from what I got here. So Ereshkigal was a Mesopotamian goddess of the underworld in the land of the dead. And her sister, Inanna, was also a powerful goddess. And um, so what I find interesting is that um, I had always kind of read more about Inanna and didn't really know that much about Ereshkigal. And I realized just reading a little bit more is that their story can be looked at through the eyes of either sister. And it's the whole story is very layered with a lot of meaning. Um, so in the descent of Inanna, the goddess um, Inanna returns to the underworld, telling her advisors to come retrieve her if she did not return. And as she descends through the seven gates of the underworld, um, she is forced to remove at each gate um, symbols of her status, like her jewels, her fine robes, and other adornments, until finally um, she has removed all of her clothes and she stands before her sister, Ereshkigal, naked and powerless. Um, one of the things that I found out, you know, I always wondered why Ereshkigal was so mean to Inanna. <laughs> and what I found <laughs> yeah. out before I go further into the story is um, I want to mention that it's not, although it's not written in the descent of Inanna, in the epic of Gilgamesh, it reveals that Inanna's own actions had recently caused the death of her sister's husband. Um, I'm probably not saying it right. It's Gul-Galana. 
Um, and so as she's descending at the first gate, Nana tells the gatekeeper she wishes to observe the funeral rites of her sister's husband. You know, so there she's going down to down. She's going, you know, doing her descent, going to each gate. Um, another thing I found out that I did not know is that when she, Nana finally reached the depths of the underworld, she tells her sister Arashikal to rise from her throne so that she, Nana, may sit there to take over the realm. So um, I guess I kind of did know that, but I... I didn't realize it was, I, did, I never saw a word like that where she told her to get up off of her throne. I thought, wow, you know, that's pretty gutsy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the response was for her arrogance, um, Anana was judged and killed and hung on a hook where she hung for three days as her corpse began to rot. Then... Her, um, I believe this was her father, the god Enki, sends some servants to retrieve her. And when they when they go down there, they give her a mixture um, that brings her back to life. Um, and I'm going to say as I go along, feel free to after I'm done telling the story, if there's anything that I didn't get quite right. Just feel free to jump in, Elvira. No problem. No problem. <laughs> but I'm, okay. I'm going to continue here. Is um, um, Ereshkigal at that point decreed that no one who has died has ever left the underworld and that if Inanna is to leave, she must send a replacement. So, so she left, and upon her arrival back home, Inanna passes um, three servants. Um, who she sees they're all in mourning um, over her being, you know, having been in the underworld. Um, And then Inanna comes upon her husband, who she finds is not mourning at all, but is instead feasting. So she chooses the husband to be her replacement. Um, So that's as much as I got from the story, and I was just really struck by how layered the story is so many lessons in it and the sisters are often compared to like two sides of the same coin with Inanna representing the eagle and Ereshkigal representing the shadow and through that journey Inanna has all of her illusions and all of her ego stripped away and what Ereshkigal's side of it is is that she's telling us that we are accountable and that we're responsible for our actions, and that our actions, that they have consequences. And so I was, you know, just really struck by that. And, um, you know, I believe Anana and Ereshkigal would be so good to work with when we want to shed our ego um, or move past, move past guilt um, to do, you know, to transform the shadow um, in I was also thinking, especially Rashbagal, that they would be good to work with when we're mourning loss or going through the loss of a loved one who's passed on. Um, A note that I saw by um, someone is that they believe that if you do work with them, it is, is best to approach them wearing no jewels or finery. And 
for offerings. Um, they both appreciate wine, food, and candles. And this makes sense, much like Hecate, any offerings to the dead will also appeal to the sisters. Kind of what I gathered from, you know, the bit of research that I did. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Did I get anything no, 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 no. I think it was very, very um, informative and you got the whole purpose of it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there's, you know, all this, uh, the, the things that, I don't want to say this, add to a story. So it's like you, mm-hmm. you gave what is necessary for the story. We can get caught up in mm-hmm. the details of things mm-hmm. and um you know and that's when we kind of you know the, the little monkey mind goes oh let's go over here let's go over there but you <laughs> gave it very concise and I I'm grateful for that because you know when you work with <laughs> these mm-hmm. two in their own right it is yeah. you know there's a focus and you know instead of getting mm-hmm. lost in, in some of the details you know it, you know they always mm-hmm. say cut to the mm-hmm. chase in you know shows and things so no i think you did a great yeah. job and i'm really <laughs> impressed yeah well i mean thanks I, it, it's a oh, it's a story we've had all of us mm-hmm. have gone through learning about um each star mm-hmm. or inana you know depending and arishka gill mm-hmm. and depending mm-hmm. on you know how it's told it it as you say, you add in another dimension. I'm, I thank you for that. And yeah, yeah, you know, it kind of made me uh, very, very interested in Ereshkigal, um, mm-hmm. especially since I, I know that um, some um, scholars believe that Hecate was somehow either connected or had her beginnings as Ereshkigal. And so I was always, I always wondered about that and just um, always was interested in looking into a little more of that. But I think for shadow work and uh, transformation, I think just, you know, their story is um, really hits a lot of um, the different features of what, um, what you would go process. And, you know, I mean, you, you point out that, uh, Inanna Ishtar is a um, is the ego, you know, and mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. one is for accountability of actions, and it's mm-hmm. just like that's so important in um, <laughs> in our work, in the magical work, you know, and mm-hmm. to put in our personal work for ourselves, you know, and yeah. it's, you know, that's the the key to the whole process is you are mm-hmm. always learning and growing and transition is always happening and transformation and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, it's funny because both of us are Sagas <laughs> and um, <laughs> the fact that right now I'm sitting here looking at, you know, the, 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 the goddess I was going to talk about, is the mm-hmm. Morgane, and of course the Morgane is the goddess mm-hmm. of war. The, you know, she's you know Irish, <laughs> the Irish goddess of war, and mm. and you know the domain of the battlefield, and you know would foretell victories and losses. 
Um, and it's interesting because, of course, she has a trio. So she has two sisters in, in the essence of some of the stories that are, you know, that some ways of telling her story. And, again, I will apologize. It's mm-hmm. Bob and Macha are her sisters. And, of course, okay. there's that, you know, there's the, a side, a lot of side stories that involve them. The one that I found interesting was that she fell in love. The Mora game, the Morgan, mm-hmm. or Morgu, <laughs> fell in love with the um, warrior Chuchu Lane, and mm. he, uh, being a great warrior, he was going to go into battle, um, and he, before he left to go to battle with Queen Maeve in Ulsa. So mm-hmm. she, meaning Mora game, decided she was going to try many guises to get his attention. So she shapeshifted. So she shapeshifted into uh-huh. an eel and then a wolf and a cow. But every time she did, the warrior fought her off. And, of course, he didn't realize mm-hmm. who she was. And so, mm-hmm. But each time he caused further injury to her. So finally, mm-hmm. you know, Choo Choo Lane, um, being weary and tired uh, of all the battling, met an old mm-hmm. woman with a cow. Well, the old woman was Morgane. And he, she uh-huh. gave him a glass of milk. <laughs> and upon his drinking it, he blessed her. And the mm-hmm. Morgane was healed from all of her injuries. So uh-huh. um, the, the energy of um, in, you know, like doing battle, we do battle with so many things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we mm-hmm. have to bless the things that we are doing battle with to release and heal them. So, again, it's mm-hmm. a, a consciousness of healing in a different form. And she is a great shapeshifter. So she was, you know, um, one that a lot of the, the Wiccans and witches uh, really mm-hmm. love to work with because she is mm-hmm. very, very powerful in her ability to do this, to, to change mm-hmm. into various uh, things and of course fool people or and to you know to mm-hmm. um, fool and win over your opponent is to shape shift mm-hmm. into something else but also it is an efficient way to work with the forces of nature so there's a lot uh-huh. of that working with something but then you know use it efficiently work with it efficiently and it's interesting mm-hmm. because she helps with you know, if you need to get um, to have, you know, a guide on your path uh, of becoming something and moving through something, she will help you and uh, to become independent and to come to terms with your own cyclic oh. nature. So she's, you know, oh, I love very, mm-hmm. very interesting, char- uh, charismatic energy, but very mm-hmm. powerful. And she is definitely, you know, she's. Um, hangs at the battlefield. She turns into a crow mm-hmm. or raven. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, of the um, energies of that. Mm-hmm. And of course, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to say. No, I was going to say, and, and I would think that sometimes the uh, transformation can be a lot like um, that whole uh, shape shifting, you know, um, mm-hmm. because we're, you know, as we are going through the process and letting go of certain things, 
we're adding, we end up having to develop that new way of being, you know, so that is kind of like a form of shape-shifting. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Great yeah. insight. Thank you. I think that's really, you know, really interesting. interesting. Then. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we have a few more minutes. Do you have another goddess you mm-hmm. would like to talk about? You know, yeah, just a little short one here. Um, I just wanted to... Um, she is another goddess that I had not really looked into before. And as I was um, just kind of looking around, I was I was struck by her story because, um, you know, I grew up with, you know, um, I always think of this old black and white movie of Jason and the Argonauts. And oh, they're, you know, <laughs> they're babbling and there's a bunch of skeletons running around fighting with them. And, um, and Medusa's like, the evil, whatever, Gorgon, you know, and, but actually reading her story, I was just like, it just kind of caught my breath. I was like, I'll tell you the little spiel I know about her. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch more about her, but what I got from what I was looking at is that um, she, Medusa has come to be known as one of the best underworld dark goddesses for the violated and for the misunderstood. Um, Her story, yeah, her story is that she was a priestess of Athena and she was, some sources say she was raped, some sources say it was consensual by Poseidon on the floor of Athena's temple. Um, But, you know, whether it was rape or consensual, what followed was definitely showing up in the category of blame the victim or blame the woman because nothing happened to Poseidon because of that. But Athena then cursed Medusa to petrify anyone who looked at her for punishment for defiling her temple. Um, Another uh, thought that was put out by researchers is that um, Athena was said to be very jealous of I guess Medusa was quite a beauty. Um, She had this lustrous hair, beautiful eyes, and that Athena turned her hair into venomous snakes. And any man who looked into Medusa's eyes turned to stone. Um, So um, there's another source, or just one source, I guess, that says of her myth, um, that says that it was actually Medusa's beauty that paralyzed those who looked upon her because she was so striking. But um, Mm -hmm. in any case, um, Medusa, whose power was widely feared, you know, she was seen as the monster, um, she has actually evolved into a very complex dark goddess, especially in regard to feminine power and transformation. Um, It also followed... Here's again with the two sisters, that Medusa's two sisters came to her defense, but they were also cursed. And so I think it's kind of interesting to note that um, today, victims of sexual assault will use the tattoo of Medusa kind of as a, a quiet way to fight back against the narrative that victims should be shamed, blamed, or punished for their assault. Um, and so the image of Medusa has become a symbol of feminine strength and power. And 
Something else that's interesting is her image is also used as an apple charm against evil, um, which I did not know. And I thought, I thought, wow, that really was an eye opener and gave me a whole different look at who Medusa was. And so I could see her being, you know, a very dynamic, um, a really, you know, great um, deity to work with if you are struggling with anything you know, along those lines. Um, Mm -hmm. The whole thing of even just being misunderstood. It's like, yeah, she's been (laughs) very much misunderstood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. The uh, flag of Sicily is Mm -hmm. a um, Medusa head in the center with three Mm -hmm. legs, crooked legs, that represent the three uh, invasions that took place over, you know, the uh, Sicily. And the Isle of Sicily was known as the (laughs) Isle of Persephone. So um, there was a whole series of those kind of things. But you were talking about that, and I'm thinking, that's an interesting, they used it, whether they (laughs) knew it, I'm sure they did. It was a protection. You know, the flag symbol was a protection (laughs) after three invasions. I mean, you figure they Mm -hmm. want to get some protection. (laughs) So it was kind of a trip. I kind of Actually, I have a flag, um, I flags all around my uh, wraparound porch, and one of them is the flag of Sicily, so, you know, I look out at it, and of course, we've been having a lot of wind, and it's flapping around, <laughs> and I'm like, there she is, there's Medusa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, notice that they have the, the, the not all of them. But the ones, you know, mm-hmm. we have talked about, they've got sisters, either it's like uh, Ishtar <laughs> and Rishkegel or, you know, mm-hmm. the Morrigan with her two sisters mm-hmm. or, right. you know, here with Medusa. Medusa. There, there's, yeah. you know, those that triad of the energies. And again, <laughs> we've known that it's the maiden, the mother, and the crone, and whether or not they're all crones mm-hmm. at this point in the dynamic or something else it's that triad energy. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool, Mm -hmm. actually. And um, we have a few minutes before we we kind of do our exiting and talk about what's happening next week and all the rest of it. Um, Interesting enough, I'm only going to (laughs) mention – go ahead, go ahead. What did you want to say? Oh, no, no. Um, No, I was going to say if if we have a few minutes, I I would probably really super briefly just kind of cover like what, you know, the whole uh, journey, like what the the steps are, sort of to do, like yes, the yes, transformative journey. I think that would be really <laughs> good. So I turn it on to you with that one. Um, okay, so the whole um, working with the dark goddess for transformation um, is kind of seen by um, many to kind of go in three stages. Um, the first stage would be the descent. The second, the initiation or challenge. And then the last stage, the return. Um, and so the descent is kind of always the hardest. It's, um, it's the beginning of the journey. It's, um, it's, I would say that it might be where you're still doing some shadow work. You know, and by shadow work, I mean identifying those things within yourself that you um, have been, you know, um, suppressing or, in, that you would maybe like to transform um, or to acknowledge. 
And so um, some can say like the descent is kind of like the fool taking a step off of the cliff. And so I think what really happens is I like the story of Inanna as she's going through the gates, how she's giving up her jewels and her clothing and all the things that are connected to her ego, because I really think that that's what the descent is about. And mm-hmm. so, um, so we're just, you know, facing our fears, taking those first tentative steps into, you know, the dark cave um, and starting to let go because we've already identified what that is that we want to let go and what we want to transform. And so I think that descent is the process of getting entirely ready for the challenges later on. And so, um, so then the next stage would be the initiation or challenge. Um, I've heard it called both. Um, and so I, um, I think that the, the challenge part is about um, starting to take action towards change. Like so far, we've just kind of thought about things. It's been more um, mental activity, kind of, you know, analyzing or uh, processing what, what is going on uh, within us and taking that deeper look. And so, um, so as we're going um, and getting into that challenge, we are in the underworld. That is where we're, we're facing the shadows and the demons, and we are facing the goddess, that dark goddess that we have started to connect with. Um, so um, just knowing that that goddess is there and that they will guide us and help us when we need it, um, but also challenge us. And so I'm thinking, like, the goddess isn't going to do the things that we are able to do for ourselves. They'll, you know, they'll let us do what we need to do. You know, so any of the mundane things, like looking for a job, doing this, doing that, you know, they're going to let you go through those challenges. And um, because that's what you need to do. But for guidance and for additional strength and courage, you can get it, you know. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We might get knocked down in the process, but we'll get back up. And so then the third stage is the return. So that's like the renewal or rebirth. And so, you know, after working on things, got to know that, you know, coming coming back, the return isn't about, it's not uh, saying the process is over, it's kind of just beginning in some ways. And so um, you just start taking actions to reshape your inner landscape and start intersecting it more with your daily life. Um, So because we will be different if we go through that process and some of the aspects of our life might not fit anymore. And so um, because we don't know um, what that will look like, sometimes we might be tempted to fall back into old patterns, but, you know, it's just, Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back, but that's okay. You know, so the return is just about reestablishing ourselves as, you know, as being transformed and going forward with that. Um, well, and on that and so note, we need, to, <laughs> we need to transform into our, our uh, clothing <laughs> because we're, we're close we to go. that time frame. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, but we do have um, next week, the 31st, we will be doing a rebroadcast of our Samhain mm-hmm. um, show that Miss um, Phoenix and I had done. The following week, we will start our new um, month 
but we are actually bringing in a little bit of the October timeframe because we're mm-hmm. going to be doing on the 7th the Elevate mm-hmm. Ancestor line um, for ourselves and our descendants. So that will be our topic for yeah. November 7th. And then from there, we will be doing our spiritual paradoxes for the remainder of the um, month of November. So there we are. I know that um, I've really been been really excited about how we handled today, and we got a lot of information. And you know, this is um, very empowering to hear some of you know your thoughts. I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, <laughs> That is our, you know, my end. I will turn it to you if you have a few words to say, and then we will be signing off. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm so happy that we talked about this topic. I, um, I feel like lots of times I might already know a lot of stuff, but then lots of times I'm just learning some of the stuff also, uh, and then incorporating it into the old stuff that I know. And so this was a lot of fun to. Um, just get to know a couple of the other goddesses and talk with you about um, what you had to share about the Morrigan. And um, I'm looking forward to um, doing the whole uh, ancestor elevation. And, um, yeah, and so I hope everyone has a wonderful Samhain. Truly, truly, and <laughs> blessed be on that. And mm-hmm. I love your ending. I turn it over for you to close out. I love your saying. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Which on, which well, and which wisely, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio broadcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and is available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com. That's witchpriestesscauldron.com. Until next time, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.